You're listening to the teaching ministry of Discovery Church in Bristol, Tennessee. For more information about Discovery, or for more free audio content, please visit discoverybristol.com. So, to review, this, this past eight weeks, we've looked at prayer. Uh, I don't know if you remember the, the Jesus prayer, Lord Jesus, Son of God, have mercy on me. We've looked at fasting. Uh, we've looked at studying God's word uh, with Alexio Divino. We've looked at simplicity. Uh, we've looked at the Sabbath, taking the Sabbath. I don't know how many of you have t- begun taking the Sabbath. You have 52 days a year to spend with God and your family. What a great thing. Um, connecting with God through caring for our bodies. That was the most difficult week for me, um, yeah, but it's still running through my head every week, and I, I had a tea this morning instead of Dr. Pepper. I'll pat myself on the back. I'll probably get a Coke later at <laughs> the connection point, but um, connecting through God through worship, through connecting with God through, last week we talked about confession, connecting through God through that. And our hope is that these disciplines are all avenues that we're connecting to God. And then this week, we're closing by looking at a discipline, which you might not feel like that, that would be, but it's this discipline of celebration. It's celebrating. It's connecting to God through celebrating. Celebrating the relationship we have with him. Celebrating what he's done, what he's doing. Celebrating Jesus. And so this week, uh, we, we wanted, this was intentional that we had a lay, this is intentional that we have a party on Wednesday to celebrate, that we are celebrating this connection with God. We have every reason to celebrate. And throughout the, the Bible, there's examples where God was all for the celebration. In the Old Testament, he, he laid out this plan to the people of Israel after they'd left Egypt uh, to be able to celebrate, to be reminded of the relationship with God, to re- be reminded of what he's done multiple times throughout the year. There's a passage in Exodus chapter 23, verse 14 through 16 says, God tells him, three times a year you are to celebrate a festival to me. Celebrate the festival of of unleavened bread. For seven days, eat bread made without yeast, as I command you. Do this at the appointed time in the month of Aviv, for in the month you came out of Egypt. No one is to appear before me empty-handed. Celebrate the festival of harvest with the first fruits of the crop, and sow your fields. Celebrate the festival of ingathering at the end of the year, when you gather your crops from the field. So we have Passover, we have Pentecost, the Feast of Ta- Weeks, which was Pentecost. We have uh, Feast of Tabernacles. We have these feasts that were to celebrate what God had done. Imagine God is telling this to the Israelites that have been slaves. The Israelites that have walked with God and, and faced the, the river and, and realized there's no way we're going to be able to get across this and the Egyptians are coming just to murder us out here. And then the water separates. These are the, these are the Israelites that saw God do that. These are the Israelites that have seen God bring the plagues. These are the Israelites that saw their sons be protected when they put blood above the doorposts. These are the Israelites that saw firsthand what God did. And so the celebration for them wasn't just to say, celebrate what God has brought them to, that they're now free, but what God has brought them from, this horrible life that they once lived. And at this time when we talk about celebration, you might not feel like celebrating. I'm not naive. Life is not easy, as being a Christian doesn't make everything great. And you might be coming here this morning and thinking, there's no way I can celebrate. But maybe we need to see where God has brought us from as well as where God has brought us to. 
as the Israelites had these feasts and these festivities. It was to be a reminder of what where we're at, but also where we came from. That describes us at times, that we need to celebrate this relationship with Jesus. If you think back about who you used to be and how God has grown you. There's another celebration. Nehemiah had the opportunity to rebuild the walls of Jerusalem. Jerusalem had been under siege, and the people had been taken captive. And Nehemiah petitions to the king that he's been held captive to be able to go back and rebuild the walls of Jerusalem. And the king approves, and so he goes back, and he takes a crew, and they begin to build, and, and they have many struggles. They have many, many encounters. There's many, many hardships to be able to build this. But when it finally gets done, we have this passage in Nehemiah chapter 12, verse 27. It says, at the dedication of the wall of Jerusalem, the Levites were sought out from where they lived and were brought to Jerusalem to celebrate joyfully the dedication with songs of thanksgiving and with music and cymbals and harps and lairs, which is string instruments, that they would celebrate what God had done. They were celebrating that God had allowed them to do great things this day. There's many reasons to celebrate. Celebrate from where he's brought us from in the past, Celebrate what he's doing. See, the, the people that were rebuilding this wall faced struggle after struggle. And I got to think that it wasn't until they looked back and they begin this celebration that they see God was with us all along. I never thought that was going to make it. I never thought the king was going to let me come back and build the wall. I never thought that we were going to overcome this obstacle and that. We never thought we'd be able to, to withstand the enemies that were coming in on us as we're trying to build this. And I still don't know how, but it happened. So the only explanation of the how is God. I don't know if that's been the case in your life at times, that you look back and you think, I don't know how we made it through that hard time. The answer was God. That you look back and you look at the joyful times and you look, man, that was such an amazing time. I don't know how that happened. And the answer was God. That we can look back and see God guiding us and caring for us, holding us at those times that we were crying, helping us through the hardest moments of our life. God was there. That was reasons to celebrate. Nehemiah brings back all, all the Levites to celebrate because God has been there. And so we see throughout the Old Testament, there's been many reasons, many opportunities God has for, for us to celebrate. But then we get to the New Testament, and it begins. Jesus' life, his life was a, a means of celebration, right? The picture, the angel, uh, the verses you usually only hear in the month of December, but we're saying it here in the summer. Uh, Luke 2.10, as birth, the angels proclaimed. But the angel said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. His life was ushered in with joy and celebration. And Jesus says in John 15, these things I've spoken to you that you may be, that you, that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be full. Jesus' life was joy. His life was celebration. This life, this person that we dedicate our lives to, this Savior, this Messiah, the one that came to save us, was joy, was a celebration. When he started his ministry, he proclaimed his ministry. He went off and he comes back and he's in a synagogue in his own in the hometown. And they ask him to read from the passage. 
And he reads, opens the scroll, and he reads this passage, which is originally from uh, Isaiah, but it's recorded here in Luke chapter 4. It says, He went to Nazareth, where he had been brought up. And on the Sabbath day, he went in the synagogue, as was his custom. He stood up to read, and the scroll of the prophet Isaiah was handed to him. Unrolling it, he found the place where it was written, The Spirit of the Lord is on me, because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom from the prisoners and recover sight for the blind, to set the oppressed free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. And then he sat down. To proclaim the year of the Lord's favor, this is the year of Jubilee. That Jesus is saying at the onset of his ministry, I'm here as the year of Jubilee. This year of Jubilee was a year that the people of Israel would step aside and just rest in God. That they would rejoice in God's provision. That they would trust him to care for everything and anything. This is a year that if you had lost your land, it was given back to you. This is a year that if you were an indentured servant, if you were in slavery, you were set free. This was a great year. This is a year of celebration, a year of joy. And that's what Jesus at the beginning of his ministry says, I am here to fulfill the year of Jubilee, to celebrate, to have joy. And so we come before God and celebrate today. I got to think that throughout Jesus' ministry, right, it had to have been a lot of fun. There was amazing teaching moments. There was intimate, personal moments. But I got to believe there were some great moments. I've always been one that's found the joy and humor in the Bible. My, my thesis for my master's was on Hebrew, uh, humor in the Old Testament, right? And when I proposed that, my school's like, what are you thinking, right? Uh, but I just found a lot of funny things in the Old Testament. And I see that in Jesus. Think about, it had to have been a party when he's making food for 5,000. And he goes to the bottom of the bucket and he's like, oh, out comes another fish. Out comes another loaf. Out come, you know, and everyone's like, ah, oh, this is great. You got to think when he's at dinner, at the dinner party with Zacchaeus, that he, they're having a good time. And then Jesus brings it down and teaches him. You got to think throughout his ministry as the crowds are following, they're rejoicing, and they're celebrating to be around the Son of God. So we look at joy as we contemplate and wonder, I don't know how I can have that joy right now. Or maybe just think, I don't know if I have this, this bubbly joy that Jesus is talking about this year of Jubilee. Paul puts it this way. Philippians 4 says, Rejoice in the Lord always. And I will say again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evidence to all. The Lord is near. How can we rejoice always, right? When things are struggling. But he continues on. <clears throat> Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God will transcend all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. In everything, present it to the Lord. I know that's easy to say, but that's how we're going to have this joy. If we could take those burdens off us and give them to the Lord. That's what these uh, spiritual disciplines are intended to do, to draw us closer. That in prayer, that we'd be able to trust in the Lord and give those to him. That in scripture, we'd be able to see his wisdom and be able to release some of the, some of the anxieties that we have. <clears throat> that in worship, we would be singing praises and drawing closer to him and trusting in him. Releasing these anxieties and giving them over to God to find joy and celebration. 
And, and, and we present everything at prayer, and, and we give this over to him. But then and Paul also says, finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put into practice, and the God of peace will be with you. Paul's clear that it's a mindset as well. That's active. We have to focus on these things. That if you're living in a place that you say, I don't know how to have joy, it takes work. That's why this is, celebration is a discipline. It might not sound like it should be, but if you've been there or you're there now and it's a struggle to find joy, you know it's a discipline. You know it's a habit to practice. It's something that we have to, to strive for, to work at, to be able to set our minds on God, to set our minds on the things that are true and noble and right and pure. It takes work sometimes. It is a, a discipline as well. And so celebration, it sounds like this is just a culmination, an end cap to, to a series of habits, but it's not. It's a habit in itself to be able to focus on God, to be able to focus on the joy and celebration of who he is. To be able to celebrate looks like, looks like having fun, looks like being joyful, looks like being able to smile and, and just share with others the love of God in who we are. To be able to sing and dance and shout and worship. Every week, there's this little section out here. That's my dance area. If you come in late, you know I'm, in, I'm out there dancing to the worship songs. If you come in early, you're going to want to come in late next time just to be able to see some bad dancing in that little area. Uh, there's someone else that dances with me. I'm not going to say his name, Scott Holsey. Um, and, and we get down out there, right? And so this is our dance zone. And, but it's because I'm just excited to be here. I, I, I'm just excited to be worshiping with you guys, to hear the music, to be in this place, in this place of God. I just want to close, look at Psalm 150, and imagine this as our declaration. Praise the Lord. Praise God in his sanctuary. Praise him in the mighty heavens. Praise him for his acts of power. Praise him for his surpassing greatness. Praise him with the sounding of the trumpet. Praise him with the harp and the lair. Praise him with tremble and dancing. Praise him with the strings and pipe. Praise him with the clash of cymbals. Praise him with the resounding cymbals. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. To celebrate. To praise God. There's a, a, a man that was a, a faithful servant of God, and his name was Francis. He was from Assisi. And, and you might know him better as St. Francis. Uh, he was born into wealth in 1181, and he was born into wealth in this Italy town of Assisi, and, and he was a wealthy family, and he went and worked as a soldier and then came back to his father's business, and, and the wealth and the, the, the business was destined to be in his hands. But he felt an inner voice calling him to something different. And so he said goodbye to the pleasures of the world. He said goodbye to his family and all the money that they had. And he went off to begin to rebuild a church, a rundown church of San Demonio. 
And as he was doing that, uh, he, he had, would have to go out and beg for money because his family had turned from him. And, and he went, had to go out and beg for money. He was a simple beggar, and he had had all this wealth, right? And now he's a simple beggar, and yet people would report that they would hear him working in the church, and he would sing, and he would sing loud. And he would sing louder than the construction sound of his hammer, and people were drawn to him. And, and people soon wanted to know, what is this joy he has? And so eventually a group of people came and, and asked if they could learn from him. And, and so he wrote up this order of what it would look like to be, a, to be in this group working on this church. And those people became known as friars. He ended up going around and preaching in Europe. And the friars grew to 5,000 friars before he passed on. All people just wanting to have his joy. It said he was the first person to bring in a nativity at Christmas because he wanted the people to see this beautiful, little, this beautiful little scene of joy. And one of the quotes that he's known for that you might have heard, but it says, preach the gospel always, and if necessary, use words. Everywhere he went, he preached the gospel simply by sharing his joy, simply by celebrating Christ risen. And so as we come to the end of this message of the series, uh, you might say, are we really just talking about celebrating this whole time? Is this just a, a church that's all fluffy, feel good? No, it's not. If you've been here the past eight weeks, we've looked at, uh, at losing weight. We've looked at confession. We've looked at uh, prayer habits. We've looked at study habits. We've looked at some deep stuff. But celebrating is part of this because we have something amazing to celebrate, Right? We have Jesus Christ. Yes, isn't that awesome? We do. We have Jesus Christ. We have victory over sin. We, have, we know how this war, how this battle will go, that Jesus wins. We have him dying on the cross, taking our sins, and then the empty tomb three days later. That is reason to celebrate. That is reason that the year of Jubilee has come, and we can celebrate in that. And so I encourage us this morning that we celebrate, that we rejoice does it mean that every day as a Christian is going to be good and perfect? No. But does it mean that every day for eternity will be perfect? Yeah. And isn't that a great thing to celebrate? So to close out, we're going to have some celebratory worship songs, and I want to see you guys get into this, all right? So to, to kind of get us in that mindset, I need everyone to stand up, if you will. The lights are down, so don't be self-conscious, all right? And so I can't see you. All I can see is these bright lights and a couple of this front row. You're probably going to be self-conscious. But everybody else, you're, you're free, all right? But I have been to some weddings. As a pastor, I go to a lot of weddings, and we go to the receptions, and there's always dancing. And, and Sarah and I try to leave the reception, you know, kind of halfway through, so then the party can really start once the pastor's gone. But, but we go to these receptions, and everyone's dancing, all right? And there's some songs that everyone dances to, all right? Even if you're at the table of the non-dancers, you kind of do it a little bit at the table. Maybe you even stand up at the table. And we're going to just, we, I want you to hear these little clips, and I need everyone to do this, all right? I've seen you do these at weddings, so I know you know these moves, all right? Don't pretend like you don't. I'm holier than that. I don't know these. You know these, all right? And so, let's go ahead and cue the first song. There we go. Everybody now. It's fun to stay at the Come on, everybody. There you go. I see some moves. All right. So that, that's right. Oh, we got it again. All right. We got this. Everybody, sing it out. Come on. 
I saw someone back there not dancing. Now you know you want to. Come on, here we go. Oh, I got the hips going. Right foot, let's start. Okay, that's what. Left foot, let's Freeze. Everybody clap your hands. All right, so with that, we're going to jump right into worship. So now that I've seen you raise your hands and dance a little bit and clap, I know you can do it. That's been your excuse to this point, but now I found you out. So we're going to jump right into it. We're going to sing. We're going to dance. We're going to clap. We're going to have a great time celebrating our God. Come on, let's do it. <laughs> 